Hello and welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. Coming at you with a little wide receiver draft strategy episode here. We're going to break it down into two parts, but this first part should be uh, the first three tiers of wide receivers. That's going to encompass basically the top 20 wide receivers of the draft. Uh, Cody, we just got done with the running back draft strategy recording here on Wednesday, August 16th. So uh, I think we can... uh, you know, askew the banter tonight, just jump right into our hot takes. Uh, what do you got for us? Absolutely. Uh, the less talking to you, the better, as I always like to say. So that's uh, a lot of people say that it's weird. <laughs> yeah. A common theme. Who would have thought, um, my hot take for tonight is pretty simple. Um, I know that I think you had one, it's not necessarily similar, but I believe you said ketchup is either the worst condiment or you hate it as one of your hot takes. So I'm going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going to say honey mustard is by far, the best condiment and the most versatile condiment to use on just about anything. French fries, chicken tenders. I mean, if there's no ketchup and mustard, I'll throw honey mustard on a burger. I do not care. I think it is an elite condiment and deserves to be treated as such. And the honey mustard from Chick-fil-A is just on, on a completely another level. It is by far my favorite condiment. Yeah, I got no qualms with this take. I uh, I'm a huge condiment guy in general. I just I I need sauce with my chicken, you know, with my sandwiches, with uh, pretty much anything. So I don't know if I'd say honey mustard's my favorite because I think there's just a mood that I'm in for basically all of them at different times, whether it be barbecue sauce, honey mustard, or ranch, or you know, hot sauce, spicy mustard. I like all that stuff just kind of as the mood strikes me. But honey mustard's a great choice. It's a delicious condiment. I have absolutely no problem with that being number one. It's perennially underrated as well, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, my hot take for the evening uh, is that I don't think airline pilots on commercial planes do anything at all, Cody. I think that you could not have a pilot in the con in uh, you know in the cockpit, and they could fly that thing from mission control. I think they're basically just hitting takeoff. Then they're hitting the land, and then they aren't doing much other than being there for the, you know. I, I think people would be a little weirded out without a pilot in the cockpit, so that's the biggest reason that there is one. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm just going to be straight. I'm, I'm calling out the pilots out there. Tell me I'm wrong in the comments, but I don't think you guys do jackass. So are you on the belief that if you needed to, with the help of air traffic control, you could land an airplane? Yes, I could, because I don't think it would require me to do anything at all, Cody. I think I would just have to allow them to take control of the plane, and I would just have to calm down my passengers with some, uh, you know, soothing older white guy voice that they like to hire. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I I actually like that hot take quite a bit. I think that one's been kind of go, been going through the, the social media spheres for yeah, the last couple I, of weeks, yeah. so I kind of like that. I was that. disappointed. Because I, I thought I came up with this hot take before I wrote a lot of these down when we started doing this, and yep. before it became a little bit more, you know, a part of the Instagram, you know, feature uh, recently. I, I just I actually thought of this one. So anyway, uh, that's an I, opinion I've held for a while. I, I think it's a good hot take in general because I think there's still a majority of people out there that, like you said, if there was no pilot in the cockpit, they would never fly again because they feel like just the random person behind the wheel makes them feel safe. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's, I, yeah, I, I feel like people probably think, Oh, if something goes wrong, you need the pilot there. No, that's when you don't, the, the pilot will do nothing in that situation. I feel like they're probably doing something because it's not worth it to have the guy in the air traffic control control the flight throughout the, you know, throughout the duration otherwise. But 
if something went wrong, that's when they would step away and do nothing. And, you know, the plane would just be brought down by a computer because they don't want human error to be the reason that their company, you know, goes in a tank because they crashed a jet. You know, that's that's just my opinion on the pilot situation. But, yep. well, that's a good hot take. That's a good way to fire it off there. I think both of those were actually pretty solid from both of us. I feel like we've had some dust yeah, I like the past that. couple of weeks. Those I like that one. Those were, those were solid. So that's good. That'll that jump one. us up in here into the wide receiver tiers here. Uh, I think let's try – Try and go through three tiers, maybe three or four yeah, tiers. Yeah, three we're going tiers. Through, um, we could do four, also. Four. Yeah, the fourth tier is actually really little, so we can yeah, do that. Yeah, I just saw that. So we'll knock out that one. If you're listening to this one, on the same day, we are going to have the second episode. We're just trying to keep these around 30-ish minutes for you, so that way they're a little bit more digestible. Uh, you can listen to them while you're at the gym or maybe on a walk or something and get the full episode in. So if you have not checked out the other one, make sure you go look at that one. The day before, we had our running back two episodes drop. So make sure to check those out as well. Plenty of content coming out. Check out the Instagram, YouTube. If you're on the podcast, if you're on the YouTube, check out the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to both. Help the boys out. Uh, But, Nick, let's jump into some wide receivers, baby. This is the last position group we're going to get into. And I think a lot of people would say this is the most important position group of 2023, especially the way they're being drafted. Yeah, uh, save the best for last for sure. Uh, just in case you have not watched any of our or watched or listened to any of our uh, previous draft strategy episodes, we are not going to be breaking down every single player one by one. We are basically going to be going through tiers uh, at the wide receivers. I have broken down round by round, uh, and we are going to be you know giving you our philosophy as to how we are drafting each tier rather than the you know overt long description of each player and their situations i think uh that is a better way to you know digest this information and it will be more applicable for your draft needs specifically in my opinion so uh without further ado we will kick off tier one this is the round one guys these are the elite wide receiver ones these honestly shouldn't take too long because there shouldn't be too much disagreement on uh you know how you are supposed to draft these guys but these are the uh the clear the clear Top five, in my opinion, and in ADP's opinion, that is Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, and Stephon Diggs. All of them have ADPs higher than ninth overall. They get pushed up a bit because NFC ADP, as we've said before, uh, favors wide receivers because it's mostly best ball. But regardless, I think you can expect all of these guys to be gone within the top 10 picks of any sort of half or full PPR draft. Uh, I don't know if there is really much to say here. I think you could, you know, argue Jefferson. You could argue Chase one or two. I don't know if it matters too much. I guess uh, let's go ahead and start off with this. Are you taking Jefferson 101 in half or full PPR leagues and even maybe even a non-PPR league? Uh, Non-PPR, I think CMC comes into a little bit more consideration. Uh, But in both half and full, I'm still on the Jefferson side of things. My And the only reason I would take him, I mean, this is literally splitting hairs, so I'm not saying that you know Jefferson's going to lap Chase by any means. But when, to start the season, I wouldn't doubt it if Joe Burrow starts the season out just a little bit slower like he has whenever the past couple of years when he's either coming off an injury or a surgery and he doesn't have the full offseason to prepare. So if that's the case, I mean, I, I'm going to go – since that is the case, I'm going to go Jefferson 101 um, – but I know you're going to make the argument for the other side. I think that argument's 100% valid for Jamar Chase. If I think I, I actually got into a little bit of a spat on Facebook with a guy in one of the fantasy football groups I'm in because a guy commented something like he's in the second pick of like a, a draft where they get like eight hours per pick so you could trade picks and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And he said that Chase went 101 
And the guy's like, well, your entire league is just buns because Chase went over Jefferson. Jefferson's the clear number one. I was like, for one, it's completely subjective. Like, Jamar Chase is just as good as Justin Jefferson on just about every level with a way better quarterback. Your only concern is that he has an elite wide receiver next to him in T. Higgins. And just like, I was like, I just could not believe that people are under the assumption that there's no chance you could take Jamar Chase first overall or CMC first overall, and it has to be Jefferson. I'm taking them first, but if you have the argument for the other two, I completely understand it, and I'm not going to argue against it. I will take Jefferson or two or three if he ends up falling to me every time. Yeah, like you said, like we said in the running back preview, uh, the running back draft strategy episode, I think we would prefer to be at pick three so that we can just let this decision be made for us and we can take whoever's left out of CMC, Chase, or Jefferson. But yeah, personally, I would take Chase one. I think he's got the better quarterback. He really came into his own as far as uh, target percentage goes last year. He uh, you know upped his game in that regard. He had 134 targets last year in 12 games. For reference, he had 128 in 17 games as a rookie. So really, really jumped up there, even with T. Higgins there most of the time while he was playing. Just didn't hit any big plays last year. Uh, he had zero touchdowns over 50 yards after having something like six as a rookie. So I think you can expect that to be somewhere in the middle. Give him three. 50-yard touchdowns on top of what he had last year, and you'd be looking at a guy that would be in contention for wide receiver one numbers on a per-game basis, and I think that's something we can expect. So uh, guys that aren't sharper, that aren't looking under the hood, may just see Chase's peripheral numbers and say, how can you compare him to Ch- Jefferson? But under the hood, he is uh, you know, every bit of the wide receiver Jefferson is, like you said. He just has a T. Higgins problem on his team, so it's hard for him to really emerge as the overall number one number one wide receiver. But I think it could happen this year, and like like we said before, that the quarterback situation is kind of the key there with Burrow uh, throwing to Chase instead of Cousins, who's capable, but just not on the same level. Uh, I, but for the I rest of these guys, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, just to reiterate your point, right now Justin has Jamar Chase. I have Justin Jefferson in our mini dynasty league. I would, I would make that trade one for one right now and take Jamar Chase in any kind oh, of should. mini or full yes. dynasty with the better quarterback 100%. With, with Joe Burrow. And I, I'm under the belief I don't think there's any way they're able to pay T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow unless Joe Burrow takes a complete discount, which if it happens, it happens. Good on him, but I don't think it will. There hasn't been a guy who's really taken no. a complete discount since Tom Brady. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm all over Jamar Chase if I can get my hands on him in drafts. Um, and like I said, take him at the 101, not going to argue with you. I think he's an elite talent with an elite quarterback. And uh, the rest of these guys, I think it's pretty simple. I like uh, all three of them. I like Hill and Diggs over Cup myself. Uh, just a little bit scared about the you know fragility of the Rams offense. But I'm taking uh, Hill and Diggs over Kelsey and all of the other running backs besides Christian McCaffrey. And then I am taking Cup just behind Kelsey, but over all of the running backs besides Christian McCaffrey. Nick Chubb in a non-PPR league, I might lean there, but still. Cup is a fine pick uh, pretty much anywhere in the first round, especially past you know pick six. So I think all of these first-round wide receivers uh, I would love to have on my team, and I, I can't really even argue with you drafting any of them after pick four, basically. Uh, so I, I don't really have much else to say about all of them. They're all on really good offenses, and they'll all have huge target shares. Uh, that's, you know, they're... they're Locked and loaded. They are the reason that they have risen above these other running backs is just because they are more likely to stay healthy throughout the year. Basically, people have started 100%. to realize. That. Yep, I, I I think that we've beaten a dead horse here on this elite wide receiver tier. Let's jump into to round two, guys. I think there's a couple guys here that we'll want to discuss for a little bit. 
yeah, a little bit more of an interesting discussion here. So uh, the, the NFC ADP shakes out like this. We have Amon Ross St. Brown at 6, C.D. Lamb at 7, A.J. Brown at 8, Devontae Adams at 9, Garrett Wilson at 10, Jalen Waddell at 11, Chris Olave at 12. He was in between for me of being in the round 3 tier and the round 2 tier, but NFC ADP has him at 22.6. I like to go by 12-team leagues, so that puts him pretty solidly in round 2. Uh, and I personally like Olave quite a bit. I would put him uh, in this tier. I think this is the this is the break here, uh, and it, it's nice that it's actually twelve guys. It's not always that. There's not always twelve guys I would consider to be a wide receiver one or worthy of being a wide receiver one in a fantasy league. But I think all of these guys do qualify. Um, you know, I like all of them. Honestly, just depending on the ADP that you get them at. I don't know if there is anybody you want to highlight off the jump here, but I'll throw it to you. The, the only guy that I don't love at their ADP is A.J. Brown. Um, and that's not necessarily that I don't love the player. I think A.J. Brown is an absolute beast. I just think you're drafting him at his ceiling. And I've said that a couple times in our draft strategy shows. I just don't love doing that. Um, if you looked at the Trevor Lawrence clip I put out on socials on Wednesday, basically you're drafting Trevor Lawrence close to his ceiling where he's going now. It's just not the way you win fantasy football leagues. That's not where you find value on guys. So, um, you know, like I said, in the running back show, if I'm on that one-two turn and I get a Saquon and Nick Chubb fall to me, I'm taking that. And then I think if I'm at the one-two turn, I'm taking Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, and Amon Ross St. Brown over A.J. Brown. Um, I just think Devontae scares me a little bit just because of the Jimmy G situation, but I still think he's the clear number one receiver there, and there's never going to be a week where he probably hits less than 10 targets. So I still think he's going to be very, very valuable. Um, but, yeah, I'd say A.J. Brown's the only one that I don't I don't love at his ADP, and that's just because you're drafting him at his ceiling. Yeah, I totally get that. He's always been kind of a lower target volume guy. That's just going to lead to volatility, uh, even for the best players like A.J. Brown. Uh, the most efficient guys are, you know, at the end of the day, going to be a victim of the passes thrown to them. So if you're only getting six or seven a game, it's just going to be harder to consistently, you know, have a great game every single time out, like the guys that are getting 12 or 13 targets. That's why he's a half tier down, but I love the player and I love the offense. So I don't, I can't really argue with you. If you want to reach for AJ Brown, uh, it's, it's, you know, you're not going to lose your draft by drafting AJ Brown unless he gets hurt, but you could say that for anybody. So yep. um, I'm just fine with it. Garrett Wilson would probably be at 12 for me instead of 10, uh, just because of the uncertainty of the quarterback situation. Obviously Aaron Rodgers is a hall of famer, but he looked pretty bad last year. Uh, we had a similar situation with Russell Wilson switching teams as a hall of fame quarterback, and it didn't work out so well last year. Uh, same offensive coordinator too. Not saying that's going to happen, but that slight worry uh, and the offensive line being a little bit of a of a trouble spot makes me want to take these other guys that I just think are more sure things all the way down to Waddle and Olave. So I like them all in the second round. If you get any one of these guys as your wide receiver one after taking you know McCaffrey or Kelsey in the first, I'm fine with it. And if you pair one of these guys as your wide receiver two. After getting an elite, you know, one of the elite guys in round one, you are off to a great start in your draft. Yep, I like that point on Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah, I, 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 we don't, we're not going to make this an Aaron Rodgers thing, but Aaron Rodgers just has to be one of the most annoying people in the world. I mean, you literally acted like your life was miserable last reform. year, making yeah. fifty million dollars, and then you get traded to the New York Jets, and you act like you're a completely different person. I hate people that do stuff like that. Uh, because you wasted a year of your career. You wasted a year of Christian Watson's development. You wasted a year of Aaron Jones' career as a running back. Like, I, I just, 
I, I hate thinking about that. Um, so yeah, I think there's a little bit of volatility in Garrett Wilson. Now I do think he has, Aaron Rodgers has been a guy who's hyper targeted his number one, especially when he's an elite level guy. So if you're on that mm-hmm. belief, I don't mind Garrett Wilson. I just, I'm with you. I, I don't know, like, Amon Ross St. Brown's going to be going around the same spot as he will in a lot of leagues. I take him. I'm taking CD. I'm taking Devontae. I'm taking Jalen Waddle. I'd I maybe take Chris Olave, but in a lot of my drafts, Chris Olave ends up falling to the third. So maybe if, you know, I feel like I can get Garrett Wilson and then Chris Olave in the third, I may do something like that depending on my league. But um, yeah, I'd say he's the only guy in this tier two that I feel like has true volatility just because we've seen how bad Aaron Rodgers can be if he's anything like he was last year. Yeah, I just uh I want to I want to point out the the Jets first six games before we jump to the round yep. three guys. I think this could, you know, I, I think it's all well and good while you're in training camp. No one's everyone's undefeated right now. The vibes are positive, but you know, if the team starts out one and five, two and four could be uh, a, di- a different situation. And this is their first six games. They have Buffalo at home, then they go at Dallas versus New England, that one's they'll probably be favored in, versus Kansas City, at Denver, versus Philly. That is a gauntlet to start your season. I, you know, if they've come out of that three and three, they should be thrilled. But I think there's a pretty good chance they're one and five or two and four. And then uh, we'll see how good the vibes are at that point. But yeah, I still love the player. And like you said, I see the upside case 100% because if, you know, he's really good and Rodgers kind of gets back to form a little bit and he's hyper targeting Garrett Wilson, uh, it's going to be a really good time. So I, I see the upside case, no doubt. For sure. And then one guy I did want to highlight, Jalen Waddle. Um, I did some did some digging into the numbers. Um, just wanted to see what how volatile he was. And with Tua there, he was phenomenal for fantasy football. The second Tua had his number of concussions and he was out for the rest of the season. Jalen Waddle didn't go into the tank, but he was nowhere near the fantasy player that he was with, with Tua. Um, so he just has that volatility. Now I will say in Miami – I believe their backup is going to be Mike White, probably, or Skylar Thompson. I'd assume Mike White, though, which gives me a little bit more hope that he'll be able to keep these receivers afloat if there's a Tua injury, uh, similar to what he did in New York last year. But I still think Jalen Waddle has a little bit of volatility. I'm going to take him there because I do not draft thinking injuries will happen again. But yeah. he does have more volatility than the other guys in this uh, round, and I think it's important to point that out. You are 100% right. He definitely has a little more volatility. I just love the player so much that I'm willing to overlook it. And if he, yep. uh, again, if he is my wide receiver too, I'm absolutely thrilled. Love him in the late second round or early third if you can get him there. Jalen Waddell is such a versatile player too. I want to point this out. I, I just, I was looking up stats of him earlier and uh, this, this really caught my eye. His first year in the league, 140 targets, 1,015 yards, 9.8 yards per reception. Really, uh, you know, kind of a, a possession guy. 9.8 is really low especially for a number one wide receiver that we expect to be explosive. His second year in the league, only 117 targets, so that dipped, but 18.1 yards per reception led the league. Absolutely ridiculous to see that almost double. Uh, so really, Jalen Waddle can do it all. I think that's the point here. Um, you know, he is He's an excellent talent. He's only 24 years old. If Tua stays healthy, they're going to be great. And if Mike White, I think Mike White, like you said, is a better backup option than they had last year. So that uh, that gives me a little bit more faith. Yep, absolutely. Anything else here in tier two you want to bring up? Anything on Chris Olave? I don't Olave? think so. I love Chris Olave. Like I said, in Sleeper, he kind of falls into round three. I snag him there every single time. So if you uh, if you want him at the end of the second round, I have no problem taking him there also. I think he's 
a very, very good, talented wide receiver. And I think he did get an upgrade with Derek Carr at quarterback. Now, maybe not a huge upgrade like you would have hoped, but it's still an upgrade over what he had with Andy Dalton. And we saw last year with uh, Jameis Winston is when he had the most success, and Jameis Winston was pushing the ball down the field. Derek Carr should push the ball down the field a little bit more than Andy Dalton was. So I do think Chris Olave is a guy who can absolutely break out and be a wide receiver one for fantasy football. So I do not mind taking him in the in the late second. Yeah, Chris Olave is one of those guys that the analytical guys just love his uh... – his you know peripheral his his analytical numbers really jump off the page. He had great per route metrics, all that, and then like you said, if Derek Carr isn't even an upgrade, he should still just get better as a player and uh, has the chance to emerge even without much of an increase in quarterback play as far as uh, you know the the production in yards and touchdowns goes. But, but yeah, Alave is just he's young and he's really good. Again, another guy I just don't think you're going to lose your draft drafting Chris Alave, even if Carr is not what we expect him to be. Uh, you know, Alave showed us with Andy Dalton for most of last year that he could still be a, at least a back-end wide receiver too. And, you know, that would be disappointing if that's what he was, but not going to kill you like uh, some of these other guys might. Uh, anything else on these Tier 2 guys? Nope. I'm good. Let's jump over to Tier 3, another group that I like quite a bit, a lot of upside here. Uh, let's start off with number 13. That's Devontae Smith. 14, T. Higgins, 15, D.K. Metcalf, 16, Calvin Ridley of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 17, Devo Samuel, 18, Keenan Allen, 19, Jerry Judy of my Denver Broncos, and number 20, Amari Cooper. Cody, uh, give me your thoughts on this tier in general. Are there some guys you like more than others, or uh, is this another place where we just want to you know, grab the value? Love, love a lot of guys in this tier. Uh, if you did listen to the running back show yesterday, we we really didn't like the round three and four running backs because of these guys we're about to talk about right now. Um, in round three, the only guys that I would feel a little uncomfortable drafting is Debo Samuel, just based on the amount of mouths defeated in San Francisco. And I just don't know if everything's going to be as smooth for Brock Purdy as it was last year. I wouldn't doubt it if he declined back to just a – you know, av- below average-ish quarterback, I guess, if you want to call it. I don't think he's going to be even at the Kirk Cousins level. Um, Jerry Judy just concerns me a little bit just because the Denver situation burned me quite a bit last year. So I'm just still a little bit, i say, scorned by that. And then DK Metcalf is the only other guy in this tier that I'm a little iffy about. But the only reason why I wouldn't draft DK is because I think JSN and or Tyler Lockett at the end of drafts is just the way better value. So I'm going to miss out on DK and go get a different Seattle wide receiver. Um, hopefully Tyler Lockett, but I will take JSN as well um, if he's going a little later than Lockett. So everyone besides DK, Debo, and Jerry Judy, I am ecstatic with drafting at their ADP. Yeah, I'm, I'm even a little more bullish on those guys than you are. Other than DK Metcalf, we had a, uh, a wide receiver disagreement uh, about DK Metcalf, and I was on the negative. So uh, you're, you were even a little behind ADP, but you had him closer to where he's being drafted. I am much lower, so I agree with a lot of the points you made there. Uh, but yeah, the rest of these guys, I am just fine with in round three. If they are, you know, if you went heavy tight end running back the first two rounds, running back, running back, or running back wide receiver, and you want to draft one of these guys in round three, I I like pretty much all of them. Devontae Smith is young and really good on a great offense. Hard to argue with. T. Higgins is a really solid play. I think that's the one, you know, I I think I would go more high upside. I'm leaning Devontae Smith, Calvin Ridley types over T. Higgins, but I can't argue it. He's going to be a solid player. Amari Cooper is probably my favorite value on the board here, just because I'm bullish on the Browns offense, and I think he could really be a – 
you know, a true number one wide receiver for Deshaun Watson, which has been a really good position for fantasy uh, wide receivers in the past. But pretty much everybody I'm all right with, even Debo. I have the, I hear the concerns about the, uh, you know, the, the lot of mouths to feed in that offense, but he's just such a good dynamic player. I think plays into Brock Purdy's skill set maybe a little more than the uh, the Brandon Ayuk does on the other side. Oh, absolutely. So. I yeah I, I think they they'll find ways to get him involved. He'll be inconsistent if everybody's healthy, but he's so good that I'm okay taking him here. I uh, but yeah I I don't really have any problems with any of these guys here other than Metcalf. Uh, Judy I may be bron- biased as a Broncos fan, but I just love the player. I think you know he has the chance to really emerge as the the true one there, and hopefully Sean Payton can you know help help Russell Wilson fix his uh, his situation a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think Cooper's my favorite value on the board here, but. I'm snagging pretty much any one of these guys other than Metcalf in round three if uh, if Mixon or Andrews isn't there, which who are my two favorite targets. Yeah, just to recap round three, I know you said in the beginning, that's Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Debo C- Samuel, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper. We're giving you, what is that, eight, seven or eight different names, and there's only one of them that Nick's like, I really don't want to have to draft him if I don't have to, like – that is just so options. much wide receiver value. You should be building yep. your team to target wide receivers in the third round, whether that's hero RB Agreed. or you're going to go zero RB. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Podcast Network. Make sure to check out the boys on social media, linked in the podcast description below. Subscribe if you have not already. And don't forget, you can't get into that algorithm without five-star reviews. So make sure you're hammering those for the boys. Peace out, everybody.